we've been talking about rooted, being rooted, and uh, the steps to being rooted. And we've talked about, um, we're talking about why church membership matters. Why church membership matters, right? And I told you that there are some things that you need to look for when you're looking for a church, right? With the pandemic, a lot of people have either left church or was never in church, but were just coming when they want to come and leaving and things like that. But now I believe it's a, it's, it's a new day, right? It's a new day. And it seems to me that we have to get back to what I call basics, amen? And getting back to basics simply means that you're just revisiting some things that you already know or things you think you know, right? But what, it, what it's going to do is going to strengthen your faith and your walk by, by adding another layer to what you already know, right? And I told you that it, it, for a Christian, the Bible urges us not to neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Sunday, I'm starting, I'm, I'm going into the next second part to our series, and um, I, I want to talk about that, okay? But here's what I want to share with you. God wants you and I to be in fellowship with other believers, okay? It is, it is, it is simple, but yet it is so hard at times to understand what the strategy is, right? Here's the thing I want to share with somebody tonight. You can't do this life on your own, okay? You need other believers. If you're a Christian, you need other believers to come alongside you and pray with you and worship with you and, you know, talk with you and fellowship with you so that you can develop together. God wants us to grow together. I told you if you're going to go to church, there are some things that you need to you need that needs to be in that church, right? Told you number one, the word of God has worship has to be an important piece of that church, all right? So church gives you corporate worship. Now you can worship in your car, you can worship where at home, but you and I, what we need to do together is what worship. Let me tell you what worship does. It, to me, right? Now, worship to me is almost like cleansing the soul. You understand what I'm saying? You come in heavy. Anybody, anybody came in heavy? You, you come in with the weight of the world on you. You see what I'm saying? So, and, I, and, I, and I explained this to you a couple weeks back, and I told you that worship is not you sitting and watching the praise team. They're not performing for you. They're performing for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what you are doing is responding, amen, in kind to what they're offering to God. Come on, somebody, by lifting your hands, by, by saying God, by singing along, by pouring your heart out to God. Are you with me? And so worship for the believer. Some people say, well, I, I don't really go to church I've been hearing a lot of that lately. I don't need to go to church, but you do need to go to church. You need to come together corporately to worship God, all right? The second thing that you need in that church, whatever church you decide to be part of, is there has to be a word there. I'm going to say it one more time. The word of God has to be an important piece to that church. So a lot of church are worship heavy, praise heavy, 
Amen. But not word heavy. You with me? In other words, they don't have a balance. They can emotionalize you. Oh, come on, say amen. They, they can emotionalize you. You feel real good when you leave. But from the moment you get in your car, you fall right back to where you were because there's nothing holding you but a feeling. The Bible never said worship your way out. Amen. Oh, it, it said praise your way out. You can praise your way out, but how far is your praise going to take you? You need a word to stand on that he'll never leave you, not forsake you. You can hold on to that, right? Told you Sunday, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You can stand on that word because it's being taught to you. Are you with me? So, so you need a church where the pastor is serious about handling and correctly dividing the word. Then I talked to you about this. I talked to you about how do you know that you're growing under the word? You follow what I'm saying? If nothing is changing in your life, something is either wrong with you or something is wrong with the word. I don't think anything wrong with the word. <laughs> Amen. Or the person delivering the word, right? And then we started talking last week about witness. So you have, the wor you have worship, you have the word, and you have witnessing. All right? So we've been talking about Witnessing, a church that is serious about witnessing, all right? Now, the Bible says, if you open your Bibles to the book of Acts, let's go to the book of Acts. It's Bible study, so we're going to open the Bible. Acts chapter 1, and, and I told you that the task of bearing a witness is to make visible what is otherwise invisible to others. So your witness is you making God's kingdom visible to those who can't see it. When they see you, they should say, man, there's something about you. Follow what I'm saying? That, that I know there's something different about you. There, there, there's a light about you. There's something that's coming out of your life that's making them see clearly that, number one, that there is a God. Amen. I'm not talking about you walking around talking about praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. You know, I ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about the way you live, what you say, how you respond to circumstance and situations. Now, we bear witness, watch this, to an invisible kingdom. See, not everybody, I told you last week, not everybody can come to church. Not everybody can come into the house of God. You may have invited them and invited them, but they can't walk through the doors because it's not clear to them that there is a kingdom. The, the lost don't know there's a kingdom. Do you remember being lost? Do you remember when you used to drive by the church, past the church, you wondering, man, what them people doing up in there? You know what I mean? You're like, man, please. I mean, I ain't got time for that. You follow what I'm saying? Because you did not see what they saw. I wish I had somebody. Bearing a witness to the reality of God's kingdom includes this. I told you last week. There's a difference between witnessing and evangelizing. Church is called to and evangelize. Your witness is the way you live. 
what you say, your testimony about how God saved you is a blessing to others, but it's not evangelism. See, a lot of times we try to just use our testimony, but if it's not accompanied with the gospel, come on, help me somebody. If it's not, if it's, if it's not accompanied by the gospel, you could tell them how God changed your life, but you got to tell them what, you got to tell them one thing. It started with the gospel. It started with you confessing Jesus as Lord of your life. I wish I had somebody. Let me say this. Even after you get saved, Jesus is still important. And he should continue to be important. But watch this. You and I have to develop a relationship with God so that our witness to the world, watch this, will be attractive. People are attracted to you not because you're prosperous. But because there's something inside of you that comes out in your conversation, in your character, in your conduct. Come on, somebody. In your compassion. Come on, somebody. Amen. And oftentimes what I find is that churches today have lost their ability to evangelize. Evangelism has taken second place and we have replaced it with all sorts of other things. Are you with me? But I want to show you what Jesus said right before he ascended to heaven. Verse 8, uh, ver chapter, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, watch this now. It says, but you will what? Receive, Receive what? Power. Power. But you will receive power. I'm getting ready to start a new series entitled The Spirit-Filled Life. What does the spirit-filled life look like? I found out a lot of us are Christian, but we're not spiritual. Come on, somebody. I found out a lot of us are Christian, but we're not spirit-filled. We, we know all the right things to say. We Listen, we can read the Bible. We can do all that. But for some reason, we're struggling with that spirit-filled peace. Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Come upon you. I'm going to say it one more time. In other words, you and I have to understand that there's a power that resides in us that's out of this world. Amen. Now, you got to understand something about the Holy Spirit. He is God. So if you know about the Trinity, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity. But check this out. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. The Bible says you can grieve him. He guides you. Uh, he intercedes for you. He groans for you when you and I are not living the way we're supposed to live. He cringes. He's like, gosh, dog, I wish he would do right. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, so, so what, but what Jesus was saying to his disciples, he says, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit have come, come upon you. And you shall be what? Who's witness? See, the question is, are we telling more about us? Or are we telling more about Jesus? 
I believe that if we tell more about Jesus, if we, that power that comes from the Holy Ghost is the type of power that comes out of your life. Watch this. And because you're talking about Jesus, can I tell you something? You have to realize that it's only through Christ that we can have a powerful witness. It is only through the Holy Spirit's power that you and I can live victoriously. Let me share this with you. God does not want you to be living a defeated life. Let me tell you why God doesn't want you to have a defeated life. Because if you have a defeated life, then it reflects on who? On him. Think about that for a minute. So oftentimes, remember what I said on Sunday, I told you on Sunday that sometimes people think that God is the cause of their pain, but God clearly says you are not, listen, I'm not responsible for your pain. As a matter of fact, you cause your own pain out of your own desires and your own lust. That's James chapter 1. Do I have witness? Watch this now. Watch this now. The power that resides in us, it is to witness, watch this, to a dying world that there is a God and that he's powerful enough to change our lives. Let me help somebody with something. Let me help somebody with something tonight. Listen to me real good on this one. Watch this. If you fail, then it proves that this word is not true. What you're going through right now is to strengthen, listen to me real good now, to strengthen your witness. Somebody wants to see somebody else make it through something and then give credit back to God. And so that person will look to the same God that you look to while you were going through. God can heal you. God can deliver you. Watch this now. Watch this now. But it's for your what? Your witness. And then you use your witness to evangelize and tell the world. Let, let, me, let, me, tell you, let me tell you what Satan does. Satan came up with a plan to wound people. To wound them through dysfunction. Watch this. Dysfunctional homes dysfunctional schools, dysfunctional churches, a big part of his agenda is to keep, listen to me real good, to keep the believer wounded. He doesn't want you to access this power. He says you shall receive. It's an emphatic. And emphatic in the present tense, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses where? Both in Jerusalem and Ju Ju Judea and Samaria, watch this now, and even to the remotest part, part of, the world, of the earth. Now let me share this with you. Because the disciples received this power and this promise, watch this now, that's how we got saved. Because it's all started right here in the book of Acts. It started in Jerusalem. It started in Samaria. It started in Judea. And then it went out into the world through the, through the Apostle Paul. And then it came to us. So can you imagine that the same story from 2000. The same story 
from 2,000 years ago still has power today. So can I ask you a question? How powerful is your witness? How powerful is your witness? Your life, watch this, is important to God. You got to remember that. You got to remember that when Satan tries to get you to be silent about what God is doing, you got to say, devil, you got to move on. I stand and I resist you in the name of Jesus because guess what? You can't have give up itis. You know, in World War II, that's how most of the POWs died. They died from give up itis. They would give up, they would coil up in a ball, and they would die because they give up. I'm trying to help somebody here today to let you know that you don't give up, you keep rolling, you keep trusting, you keep believing, and you keep being a witness. The more they hit you, the more you get back up. The more the, the enemy sends his dysfunction to your life, you rise from that. Are you with me? Because your life is important to God. Listen, God invested, watch this, God sent his son to die for you and I. Watch this now. That was an investment. That wasn't no plaything, y'all. That was an investment in you. And when God saved you, he's invested. Can I ask you something? He took a chance on us. You ever take a chance on something? You ever, you ever buy something? You know, you you like, man, you know, I'm going to just, come on, somebody know what I'm talking about. You, you just say, you know, I'm going to take a chance. I, there's something fishy about it, but I feel so. But, you know, let me take this chance. Come on, somebody. And, and watch this. And, and you took the chance. Yeah. And you found out, man, I'm glad I made that choice. Can I ask you a question? When God made, took a chance on you, did he make a mistake? Is he regretting what he did? Listen, stop trying to be holy and just live. I think we got it wrong. We have to be sanctified. We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We got the power to witness, but we also got the power to overcome by our testimony and the word of God. And if you don't have a word and you don't have a testimony, it means you have not been through no test just yet. But whatever test you're facing tonight, I want to encourage you to let you know that God has not forgotten you because he's pruning you for purpose. Are you with me? Look, 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 listen to this, listen to this. Kind acts is not witnessing, is not evangelism. You do good works to help people so that you can show them that God has worked on you. Let me ask you something. You remember, you remember when? <laughs> Y'all remember when? Huh? You want to play the remember when game? Remember when you were mean? Hmm? Remember when you didn't want to bother with nobody? Remember when it's all about you? You remember when? But look at you now. I'm going to say it one more time. Oh, no, I'm, maybe some of y'all the same. <laughs> but look at you now. But look at you now. You're changed. How many of you can say you're changed? How, how many of you can say that God has done something in your life 
that has made you into a different person. Listen, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. I, I, we understand that. But God is still working on you. And your witness is getting stronger. And your waiting is getting better. Come on, somebody. And I just said something. Your waiting is getting better because you used to be impatient. You wanted to have it now. You want it right now. But can I tell you something? Don't mess up your witness so that you can't evangelize. Watch this. Many Christians, when Satan hits them with dysfunction, when he wounds them, they give up. Are you with me? And so he says, you will receive this power, right? I want you to go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. You know, it ain't nobody but the enemy want to distract that little boy. You, you, that's all it is. He, 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 wants it. he doesn't want to hear this word. Come on, man. But we're going to pray for him. Watch it. <laughs> you know. Um. Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 18. But, but look what it says in context, right? See, this is what you got to understand about your witness. Watch this. Watch, watch the word about your witness. Watch this. Verse 16. Watch what he says. Behold, I send you out as what? Where? Huh? Where? Where? In the midst of what? <laughs> Why are you surprised? That you got haters and you got people who just, they're like, man, you just, come on, man. We are like sheep in the midst of what? But don't forget Acts chapter 1, okay? You shall receive what? Power. Don't forget you got power from the Holy Spirit. But he, I send you out as sheep in the midst of what? Wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. In other words, don't let nobody hoodwink you with just anything. You understand what I'm saying? Shrewd as a serpent. Listen, a serpent don't just jump in. A serpent sit back and he looks and he watches and he waits and he pays attention and then he strikes. Are you with me? He said, don't go out there just nilly-willy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, because let, let me tell you what will happen to you. What will happen to you is that the devil will trample over you. That's what he will do. And then he will leave you defeated. I'm done with this Jesus thing. I tried it. It seemed like every time I go forward, I go backwards. And so the enemy, guess what he does? He's going to use that. You have to be shrewd as a serpent, gentle or innocent as a dove. He says, but what? Beware of what? Men, for they will hand you over to the courts and what? Scourge you in their synagogues and you will even be brought before what? Governors and, governors and kings for what? For what? As a what? <laughs> a what? A testimony. Let me, let me help you. Let me help you with this. Some people say, why is the Christian life so hard? And God is building something. The more you overcome, I'm trying to help somebody. Sickness, trials, whatever season you're in right now, it is to build your testimony. 
Look, look what they would go through. They, they would be brought to court. People would sue them. They'd go through all kinds of stuff. And, and watch this. He says, he says, but I, he says a testimony to them and to the who? To the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, look what he says. Look what he says now. Do not what? About how or what you are. For it will be given you in that hour. Wait a minute. So when they falsely accuse me, when they lie on me, when they do all sorts of things to stop me, I ought not to respond, but wait. And then when I stand before the court or when I stand before whoever, he says, at that moment, God says, I will put the words. You'll be looking at yourself, where did that come from? In other words, when you go to the interview, I wish I had somebody. But when, 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 when folk overlooked you for so long, but, but then God gives you an audience with someone who's in power, he says, I will give you. Because even in the interview, you are a witness. I never forget my pastor, Pastor Larry Randall, who passed away. He's, he, he, he was rough, man. He, he had come out the streets, just gotten saved, couldn't hold a job, long, record long in my hand. But he went to uh, American Airlines for the interview. You know, they wasn't hiring criminals back then. But he went in there. Amen. <laughs> and he talked to the guy, he said, and he was very honest with the guy. He said, now listen, man, I got a long record, but I just got saved on Sunday. He said, for real? I just got saved on Sunday. He said, well, being that you got saved on Sunday and I got saved on Sunday, guess what? We, our past is in the past. He hired him and he stayed there for some 30 years and retired from that job. Are you with me? What I'm saying is stop trying to force your way into things and let God open those doors for you and you have one thing on your mind when you wake up. I am going to be a witness. You know, the way we act is really what comes out of our hearts. It's what's going on in your heart. Do you understand? Your behavior is a direct line to your heart. So what if you have hurt there, if you have pain, if you have disappointment, you're going to respond like that. You're going to live like a person that's broken when you have power. Oh, Lord Jesus. And can I ask you something? Are you truly living up to your true potential knowing what you have? Look what he says next. He says, for it will be given to you in that hour, right? Verse 20. For it is not you... I'm trying to show you what the Holy Ghost will do with your witness. Watch this. For it is not you who speak. Lord have mercy. Now that word spirit, if you ever notice the word spirit, it's a capital S. That's a proper noun. In other words, it's referring to a person. And the same spirit that gave you power to witness to evangelize is the same spirit that will give you the words to speak 
when you encounter lost people. When you encounter people who have no hope, you don't have to worry about what to say as long as you know the basics. You know Christ died, he was buried, he rose again from the dead, and he's coming back for you. And if you believe that and confess that with your mouth, you are saved now. That's the end of the story. It's Christ plus nothing else. But then you will receive the power. You know what I found out? A lot of us are trying to live. What we do is we take the Holy Spirit's power, push it to the side, and we're living in our own power. Matter of fact, we're operating on ability. We're operating on smarts. We're operating on head knowledge. But God says if you were to just surrender all that and pick up the power that's in you, you have the power to speak. Come on, somebody. You have the power to live. You have the power to evangelize. You have the power to witness. Use the power. But, Pastor, where's the power? you got to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Watch this. You do know you lose the filling, right? You know, the filling of the Holy Spirit is like a gas tank. It's like a gas tank. It's you got to go in and you got to get filled up every time. Every time you come to church, this is the gas station. People say the hospital. Okay, we done passed the hospital. We done moved out of the hospital ward. All right. We done went from renovation, construction. Now you just stopping by to get a, can I get a, um, I'm <laughs> You, 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 you come here to get a refill. Are you with me? <laughs> I about to say, can I get a witness? Uh, <laughs> are you with me? We come here to be refilled. We come here to be refilled over and over again so that we can go back out in that world. Because let me tell you something. Let, let, me, help, let me help somebody with something. When you go out there, they will drain you. Listen. Listen, the world has a way of just draining you. And, and listen, and God, let me say, God doesn't change. But you have power. You have the Holy Spirit in you, right? Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Thank you, Lord. What does it say? Uh huh. Uh, see that? See that? See, the problem that we have with witnessing and living is that from the moment we leave church, everything is in competition for our hearing. You get a phone call as soon as you leave church. Girl, where you been? I've been trying to reach you. I got to tell you something. This happened. That Somebody died. Somebody did. They done cut the gas off. And like, I'm trying to, I just got, I just came back from hearing a word and you, you trying to, you trying to get in my ears right now. You trying to get that voices in my mind now. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to listen to what I learned and you're trying to take that from me. So he says, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not what? What? Oh, my goodness. You got power. 
to speak, to live, to witness. But then you got to pay attention to what's being said because it's easy to drift. Let me tell you something. Let, let, Let me show you something. There's so many people drifting away from Jesus. There are people out here telling you that Jesus is black. Um, They're telling you that this Christianity stuff is white man religion. Okay, listen listen to me real good. They're telling you that energy and power and uh, forces and the law of attraction and, uh, you know, you know, all that type of stuff is how you get ahead. Karma. They want you to drift. You ever notice something? You ever notice something? The moment you give in to the thinking and the drifting, they just leave you by yourself. And then all of a sudden, you're drifting by yourself now. You ever notice? I, I don't know if anybody ever noticed this. Have you ever noticed this? When Satan gets you and you drifted along, you by yourself, you're like, dang, what happened? But when you were strong in your faith, every force, every law of attraction, every whatever was behind you, giving you, pumping you up, giving you that courage to say, man, forget that Jesus. Come on, man. That lady told me, man, I I raised my kids in in Christ. Now they talking about the black Israelites and this and this and that. God ain't this and he's black and this. I'm like, hold on, man. She said, Pastor, I'm just praying. I said, but listen, the seed that you sow will grow. Okay? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They may drift, but what's in them is in them. It ain't going to leave them. Train up a child. And when he's old, he shall not depart from it. So either way, they coming back. It's just in God's time. But for you, parents, can I help you with something? Oh, let me help somebody tonight. Just because they have drifted doesn't mean you stop being a witness. Don't beat them with the word. Don't do none of that. Just live. Live in front of them. In such a way that they're going to be attracted to the Christ that's in you. Because the Christ that's in you is the one that brought you this far. Do I have anybody? Oh, I must have lost a few people. Do I have anybody? The Christ in you will bring them back. He said, how long, pastor, how long? That is, that's up to God. <laughs> that's up to you. That ain't up to you. That's up to God. But look what he said. He says, because what? Pay attention. Pay much, pay much closer attention to what you've heard so that you will so that we do not drift away, drift away from it. Verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels proved what? Unutterable. And what? And every transgression and disobedient received a just penalty. How will we escape if we neglect so great 
of salvation. See, some of us have been saved too long, we forgot how great salvation is. Salvation changed you. Do you remember? Do you remember? You, you know, there, there's some of us, some people get saved, but they don't get converted because they're not truly convinced. So they go back to living the way they used to live. Watch the text. The text says, how, can, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation after it was at first spoken through what? Through the Lord. It was confirmed to us by those who what? Heard. God also testifying with them both by what? And by? Huh? And by what? Can, can I ask a question? Can I, well, I ain't getting to the next part. I'm getting to the next part of the verse. But you see, you got to run the verses very slow because there's so much packed in there that you're going to miss a whole lot. You can't just read a passage and run with it. Okay? But he says, look, he says, God also, God is testifying. With what? With them. By what? This is how God testifies. Somebody, let me tell you something. Don't you give up on miracles. Miracles can happen. Oh, man, you're looking at a miracle. Listen, listen, listen. He says God does miracles by what? Signs and wonders and by various miracles. Miracles. The salvation that you, that you see happens to other people, to you. It was a miracle. How many can say it was a miracle that God saved you? Come on, man. You know what you were. And you know what you are now, and you can tell you, I'm for real now. Watch this. It was a miracle. God was using the word with signs and wonders and miracles. It had to take a miracle to save you, you know. <laughs> but it also took a man on a cross to seal the deal. You with me? Watch this now. Watch this now. He says, by various miracles and by what? Gifts of the who? Amen. According to his own will. So when God saves us, see, a lot of times we're thinking, I'm not equipped to witness, to evangelize. It ain't up to you. Listen, can I ask you a question? Have you even developed the gifts that God has given you? Because it's your gifts that will make room for you. And then bring you before great men. God says your gifts in the kingdom. Listen, all of us have been called to evangelize. But all of us have a different gift in the process of that, in the church, right? But watch this, watch this. Success in witnessing is simply taking the initiative to share Christ, watch this, in the power of the Holy Spirit and then leaving the results to God. Amen. God's will does not operate according to our timetable. 
So you've been waiting and waiting for someone to get saved. You've been waiting for that child to come back to the Lord. Listen, your daddy, that's your timing. You hold on and wait on God's timing because God's timing is perfect. It's right. Christ has a clear command to every Christian that we are to go and witness to a dying world. The love of Christ for us, go to John 14. John 14 and 21. And, 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 and let me tell you what witnessing really is. Witnessing is like testifying in a courtroom. It, it, is, it is like that when you share your faith. Amen. John, what does I say? John 14. Yeah. And I'm done. Uh, there he is again. There it is again. Back up real quick. Look at verse 16. What does it say? See, I believe we're on the Holy Spirit tonight. <laughs> I showed you we have the power, we have the we have the filling, we have his testimony. Watch this now, watch this now. You gotta leave here filled with the spirit tonight. See, and 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 don't drift from what you've heard. Look what it says. I will ask the Father, and he will give you what? Another helper which suggests that you had one previously to that. The helper is Jesus. But watch this. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Notice it's capital what? H. It's a person. He has a will. He has a conscience. He has, a, he has feelings. He has intellect. And he will be what? With you. When? What does forever mean? What does forever mean? He will be with you. How is it that we are living like we're all alone? You have the Holy Spirit with you forever. Watch what he says. That is the spirit of what? Remember what I said? What witnessing is, it's you making the kingdom of God visible to those who can't see. Because it says, whom the world, ah, you know, that's like putting a square peg in a round hole. It's not going to go, it's not going to fit. Watch it says, it says, whom the world cannot what? Receive because it does not. Oh, what? Cash, how long have you been saved? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know that he's with you forever? Watch this now. But you know him. Uh-oh, hold on a second. But you know him because he what? He abides. Oh, my time is up. With you and will be. In you, I'm done, y'all. Let's let's give God a hand clap for. I, I leave that alone. I could have went on a little bit longer.